0: Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life. Body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to have you here today because today I have a fantastic lawyer. And I know like, if you're thinking, like, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do is talk to a lawyer. You're going to want to talk to this one if you own a business. Because Andrea Sager is a serial entrepreneur who left a big law firm after realizing her true passion was in assisting small business owners. While in law school, she started her first business, a woman's clothing boutique, And after she sold her store and began her career as a lawyer, she started Andrea Sager Law, a virtual law firm. Though through her company, she provides several different modes of service from subscription-based to flat fee, contingency fee, hourly, and D-I-Y. Andrea practices exclusively federal law, helping you dream it grow it and protect it. She is also a fellow mompreneur to two amazing tiny humans and lives in
1: Houston, Texas. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be doing this with you. So how did
0: you move from just like entrepreneur and your background to getting started as a lawyer? What was what was the drive behind that?
1: So actually I went to law school in this is going to sound, you don't, you're don't. you not going to hear this anywhere else, but I was kind of bored. Most people aren't bored in law school, but in college, I was just always on the go doing a million different things. When I got to law school, I was only doing law school. And I was selling on the side, I was selling on Poshmark on the side, and I wanted to go all in. So I finally went all in, going between my first and second year of law school. So that officially, I guess, started my first business and i absolutely loved it my my goal was to grow it and then sell it once i graduated which i was able to do so once i started once i became an actual attorney i was able to sell the clothing boutique and then after spending a little bit of time at a large law firm i decided i did not like it i hated it i the one defining moment was when i was trying to bring in an a boutique client because she wanted to trademark her brand name. And I was like, yeah, you know, you can come in. The fees are kind of high. She's like, I don't care about the fees. You know, I just want it done. And I had a lot of other boutique owners who were hesitant because of the fees. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew that that gap was there for, you know, quality legal services for small businesses. And then once I had this client coming in, I had a partner at the firm basically come and give me a hard time about bringing in a quote unquote low quality client. And this was, I mean, they were a multi six figure client, great business, awesome boutique. And they considered her a low quality client because she wasn't, you know, a million or billion dollar business. And Mm -hmm. from that moment forward, I was like, this is not the place I want to be. I want to be out there really serving small business owners because I, I mean, I, I saw firsthand what they go through of trying to find an attorney and trying to find somebody who won't charge them an arm and a leg and somebody who will actually work with them and be passionate about working with them so that's how i transition into what i'm doing now
0: so when you were bored in law school <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. i love
0: the fact you're just like eh, it was one thing it was not as enticing because you're so multi-passionate so how did you zoom in on combining all your passions into supporting small business through law
1: so i built the connections all the network of business owners through the boutique so that was the boutique and then going to law school those are but the two most the best decisions i could have made because the law obviously it allowed me to become a lawyer and then the boutique that really opened me up to the business world and really opened me up to entrepreneurship and it was kind of my fault going from you know owning your own business to working for somebody else at the law firm so i was i kind of set i feel like i set myself up for failure there <laughs> but it it was still a great experience. I loved working for that firm. Sorry. I did not love working for that firm. I loved getting the experience that I did working at that firm Mm -hmm. and being able to combine the law and small businesses has really just brought a lot of joy to my life. I was not happy. Um, you know, a a year ago is when I actually launched and left the firm and, Since then, I've really been able to hone in on my passion, which is really helping small business owners and really figuring out what they need.
0: I love that because you've been in the trenches of growing a business, so it's not like you're just like straight out of law school and you don't know what it's like to really have a budget and to be aware of like your costs and wanting to keep your costs low and your sales high, and you know how that is for the for especially small business owners. So. I love the fact that you mentioned that while you weren't the biggest fan of working for a law firm, that like it wasn't really a, a, would would you say that that was your probably most favorite failure is going back into a work boss environment?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, it really taught me a lot of what I don't want out of life (laughs) because I remember going like the weeks leading up to me starting, I was kind of dreading and I was like, gosh, I don't really want to, go work for somebody else. And then once I started, I remember my secretary, she was, um, she was telling me about some of some of the other attorneys that she had, because the secretaries had like four or five attorneys. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how some attorneys had been at that firm for 40 plus years. And just, I don't know what I was, I I guess I never had never thought about it. But in my head, I was like, I do not want to work. At this place for forty plus years. Like how, like how boring would that be? You go do the same thing every single day. Go into the office and just crank it out. And Ugh. I was just like, this is not what I want to do.
0: I, I can tell you, yeah, I am like world's worst employee right here. I've had <laughs> some clients that have been lawyers, and a lot it's a very common thing to see the lack of satisfaction and also the 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 especially for my clients who are women just the the cutthroat environment that it can be sometimes in that in that world so now that you own your own business and you're a lawyer serving small business owners what is it that you feel is the number one problem that small business owners get themselves into in the beginning stages of their business
1: so number one problem is not actually doing a proper search to brand yourself mm-hmm. talking about brand names uh most business owners they will do a quick google search search social media look at the domain name and they're like oh it's all available i'm good to go and that's not always true and all these clients they they get down on themselves. I'm like, look, you didn't know. It's so much better to, you know, learn about this problem now before you are, you know, a million dollar business and you're really in some crap. Yeah. When you have
0: something that people can come after you for.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I try to turn around and really help them out and not help them not feel so badly about it. Because just imagine that you brand yourself, you've gone through all the marketing, you've done this, you've done that. And it's like, oh crap. Like, I can't use this name so I I do what I can to really help them turn it into a positive and use it to really reach out to their own tribe of customers and you know get them involved and even though it's a mistake that they've made the earlier the better
0: I love that because there are a few things that you can trademark you can trademark branding, brand name, logo, and your slogan. Yes. Um, so what's the, how long is the process normally to go through that? I've had a few trademarks from past businesses, so I know a bit of what that's that's goes down. I mean, sometimes, and patents too, if you have a product-based business, good lord, sometimes that process takes a few years.
1: Yeah, yeah, Pat- I know the patent process can be much longer than the trademark process. Um, Unfortunately, I don't do patents and I tell people don't even ask me because I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. (laughs) I know absolutely nothing about patents, but copyrights and trademarks. I got you. But trademarks. So that process that is at least seven years, Mm -hmm. sorry, seven months, (laughs) seven years. Gosh, no, seven months. And basically you apply and then you wait three to four months to hear back from the trademark examining attorney and they conduct their own search basically make that determination if you are likely to cause confusion with a registered mark
0: mm-hmm. and if
1: you if you are likely to cause confusion then you get a refusal for likelihood of confusion and there's there's a number of other refusals that you can get but that's the big one and that's the hardest one to overcome but just when if you receive a refusal that doesn't mean you're not going to be approved at all it just means you have to provide more information and a lot of people don't know that especially when they're diying they think oh i'm refused that's it no that's not it we can do this so i really try to help people understand once if you're going to diy Make sure you understand what's going on because just because you receive that refusal doesn't mean that you won't be approved. So after you hear back from the examining attorney, you'll either get that refusal or you'll be approved for publication. And if you're approved for publication, you're published in the official Gazette for 30 days. And that's basically giving the world notice that you're going to be approved For a trademark unless a third party has a legal reason to to basically oppose your registration. Mm -hmm. They oppose it. They file an opposition. If that is filed that can take years to resolve. That's one of the big reason why The application process can take so long but oppositions are rare. So basically the big hold up is the office action steps because you have six months to respond. So you file, say the examining attorney takes four months, then you receive a refusal, say you take the whole six months, that's already 10 months right there for the application process. Mm -hmm. But typically the quickest, if you are approved right away, it's seven months. You go get approval, you're published for 30 days, and then you're approved. Minimum is typically seven months.
0: And it's, it's, such a, it's such a finite point that a lot of people, especially the creative entrepreneurs who have this like, I've got a vision and a dream and let me just do it and I'll manifest magic happening and I'm all about that. I'm also about having the proper legal documents in place and knowing like where you're going and how you're going to get there in that process. So let's talk a little bit about copywriting because this is fascinating in brand protection because what do personal brands need to be aware of when they're growing their business? Because especially when you're on Instagram, people are writing like beautiful, long, poetic posts or uh, like blog posts. What's
1: copyright protected and what's not? So copyright protection, that is... Basically, when I'm trying to easily distinguish for people, for for them to understand, I say trademarks is branding, copyrights is content. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an easy distinguisher right there. So copyrights, the Copyright Office specifically states that short quotes are not protected under copyright law. However, they do not tell you what is considered a short quote. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. Why? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So So you got to kind of figure that out on your own. So a lot, I've actually got a lot of questions lately about, okay, what about these Instagram captions? You know, like you said, the long, poetic, beautiful posts, is that copyrightable? Honestly, probably so. If it, you know, not if you're saying, you know, peace out or, look at my pick, you know, something short, like a a sentence or so, that's probably Mm -hmm. not copyrighted. But the, you know, the longer several paragraphs, those are most likely covered by copyright protection. Um, So if you do see someone that who has basically copied and pasted your beautiful Instagram caption, that is most likely copyright infringement. And other items that can be copyrighted or your blog posts, of course, photos. Don't take a photo that you've seen online and repost it. Don't put it on your website. Don't, you know, don't use it for your own business because that I is- am
0: so <laughs> glad.
1: I am so glad you said that. A hundred percent. That is copyright infringement. And even you may get a letter two years from now that says, Hey, you used this photo one day, you know, two years ago. Uh, that's my copyrighted photo, that's infringement, you owe me this amount of money. And guess what? They have every right to send that to you. And mm-hmm. you know, they they most likely will threaten a lawsuit. Will they actually sue you? I don't know. It depends, but do you wanna risk it? I I mean, I actually just had a client, uh, I guess a month or two ago, who did receive a letter for posting something, I think over a year ago and they just now sent her a letter about it. So we had to settle that thing. But yeah, photos always, always use your own photos or make sure you're buying or downloading stock photos from a reputable site.
0: Mm-hmm. So important because I was one of those business owners who took advice from a business coach who said, this is the best Instagram strategy to grow your business so two years ago i was i had reposted a photo and i got a a lovely letter from a very nice norwegian company who said by the way you're infringing on our copyright and i said oh crap okay done deleted just want to let you know like this is not something that's okay because it's actually a very common practice strategy now i've heard from other Uh, lawyers that it's like that it's Instagram's copyright that the photo is technically owned by Instagram. Once you post it, I wanted to clear that with you. Is that, is that accurate or is that like total fallacy?
1: So Instagram doesn't own the photo, but Instagram Mm -hmm. in their terms and conditions of use, it's basically a, a license. You're giving them a license since you're posting it on their platform, but they don't own it. You always own your photo unless you assign full rights to someone else. Mm-hmm. But with the license, you can still do other things with it, which is why you have like the regram app and people can regram it. And that's not infringement because of you're agreeing to Instagram's terms of use when you're using the platform and by giving them a license the regram app in turn has a license and license on license on license. But yeah, if it's just another person who just uses your photo, especially if it's not, if it wasn't originally posted on Instagram, Mm -hmm. then you can use, uh, sorry, you can't use that photo. That is definitely infringement.
0: Mm -hmm. And always, always, always. Now there are ways to get around this, not like get around it, but you can always request permission exactly from the content owner to be able to use it and repost it you what are some other options that if you see a photo that you're like oh my god i need that on my instagram it just fits into it so well how what are some other options for people who really want to use a repurposing strategy to build their brand but not be infringing on copyright
1: right so yeah the number one way is to just ask for permission a lot of times even You know, if it's somebody who's just starting out on Instagram, they may not know the laws. And even if you just message them and say, hey, I love your photo. Can I repost it? And they say, yes, that's a license. You don't always have to pay for a license. A license just equals permission to use it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people do want to be paid, but you'll be surprised at how many larger companies will Number one, not even ask for permission. They'll just repost. Like they will just take your photo and use it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Even on top of that, they'll reach out to, you know, Joe Blow down the road who is a new photographer or, you know, has a mom and pop photography business and they don't want to pay them. I I mean, I'm not going to name any company names, but there's large companies out there who are just like, hey, you know, it'll be great exposure. Can we repost this? And can we post it on our Instagram or can we use it here or there? And they're like, yeah, you know, you can pay me some money for that. And they're like, no, we're just going to do it for exposure. And sometimes they'll allow it because they do want the exposure. But if it's a bigger company, they have money to pay. So... There's your prime opportunity to get your first licensing deal and there's your door into getting passive income through licensing
0: and negotiation. Yes. Work your business magic. Oh yeah. (laughs) I love that. So, I mean, wow, such valuable content. Like what about branding protection? Like how, how do you grow your brand and protect it? as, as a holistic unit, especially if you're just, you know, a personal brand.
1: Right. So number one, the number one step you should take is to look into getting a trademark for your brand name. Even if your brand is your personal brand and you're branding your name, that still needs to be trademarked. A lot of people don't either, they don't know it or they don't think about it because it's their personal name. Well, guess what? If your name is Taylor Smith, that's a very common name. If somebody goes out and trademarks that and you wanna conduct business under a similar service, well, guess what, you can't use your name if it's trademarked because they mm-hmm. have the trademark to it. So a lot of times I, I highly, highly, highly suggest it for common names, it still needs to be done for whatever name you have because somebody could still try and go, you know, use that name. Maybe there still is somebody else who has your name, even if it's not very common. So Mm -hmm. you definitely still want to get the trademark for it, even if it's your brand name, even if your legal name is your brand name. So always trademark as soon as possible because it, it gets kind of tricky because the first to file the trademark application will be approved, but the first to use the name in business has priority. So mm. it, there could be two winners there, but the overall winner will be whoever was first to use the brand name in business. So if somebody else goes out and gets the trademark for it, but you have priority, you then have to spend the money to get them to stop using it and to cancel their trademark. That's a cancellation proceeding. And it's basically, you're spending a lot more money than if you would have just got the trademark to begin with.
0: Whew. <laughs> oh, that is powerful. My fellow empire builders, I hope you are listening to this because dang, that is huge. I mean, I have gone through legal proceedings with past businesses and like I wish legal negotiations on no human <laughs> <laughs> at all. So, what like with with all of this knowledge that you have, what is really driving you? What's the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way?
1: So I guess what's, what's really driving me is that small businesses need help. Like that's honestly the biggest driver. And I try to do everything I can. I have a group where I try to go live every once in a while, just giving quick tips because there's, there's so much people don't know that they really need to know. And Quite honestly, you don't know what you don't know. So people just don't know that they need to know it. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking in circles there. But, it's- but it
0: totally makes sense. It's uh, I heard a fantastic financial uh, financial guy who said it's not that, the ta- like just speaking on tax law, he said the wealthy, because uh, he, he said, so I forget exactly what he said. He said uh, taxes are for the wealthy or something like that. But it was, he, and he let everybody kind of fill it in at this conference. And he said, no, taxes are for the people who've actually read the tax code. Like if you yeah. go through and you have the knowledge of how to stay and remain wealthy with the knowledge of the tax code, you'll be able to stay and remain wealthy. Uh, and so it's, it really does come down to the knowledge that you have in your specific Field And if you don't have that knowledge, then hiring an expert like you who is well-versed in the, the, the holes in where your business needs a little
1: extra love. Right. And today with, I mean, a new online business popping up every two seconds, trademarks are becoming so much more important because – it used, they used to not be as important because if you just had a local business, they really weren't that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. with online businesses, everybody is a global brand. So how are you gonna stop, if you're located in Florida, you're not gonna be able to stop someone in Seattle who is using your the same business name as you or a similar name unless you have a registration. So that's mm-hmm. why it's getting so much more important to protect your brand and to get those trademarks because everybody is pretty much a global brand today.
0: That is true. I, that's one of the top things I teach my clients is we're all walking brands in some way, shape, or form. Sorry the Taylor is of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you might have to find a new name. Or the Kim kardashian issues. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you'll have to find a new name for your business. But, but those, those small details will help refine, especially when you're playing business for the long term, especially when you're going all in and saying, this is my business. This is, I am going all in. This is what I want to do. This is my soul's mission and purpose. And you go all in investing in a lawyer or someone like Andrea, uh, like, who is a lawyer, obviously, Uh, but investing in a lawyer is a necessity to be able to really grow. So I just want to impart that to you if that's something that you've ever questioned on, like, oh, when, because a lot of times we think that, oh, we don't need a lawyer until we get in trouble, right? Yes,
1: yes, that's, oh my gosh. (laughs) I, I try to tell, whenever I have a platform that I'm able to reach people. I try to get across the fact that you will spend so much less money if you are proactive and people just want to wait till there's an issue, which I totally understand. I totally get it because it's like, why am I going to waste the money if it's not an issue down the road? Okay. Well, it's just like, I mean, it's insurance. Why would you want to spend 10 times more money down the road instead of spending it now and being protected for the long haul? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I totally understand. I totally get it. But now that I'm on the other side of things, it's just like, ah, I wish I could just shake you and make you understand this.
0: <laughs> Andrea is virtually shaking every single one of you <laughs> listening to this. Like She is literally shaking to it to, in order to get this message through. So looking at that, how can you empower small business owners to – really step up and and plug in those holes where they, they might have otherwise not thought of.
1: So I actually wasn't going to mention this, but I'm working on a new subscription. I am actually going to be offering a $95 per month subscription legal services. And that will cover basically, basically that will be your insurance and your go-to to get any questions answered about legal issues. Basically, um, it's unlimited calls, emails, um document review so you get a contract and it's like i don't know if i should sign this what like what should i be aware of what the heck what do i you know what am i looking for here you send that over to me and my team we take a quick look let you know it's good to go or hey you need to ask about this ask about that and then i'm also creating an actual membership component with content because like i said you don't know what you don't know so it'll be videos of teaching copyrights trademarks you know all that fun stuff, laying the foundation to where people can start to really understand, oh wow, okay, I really do need to protect this. I really do need to protect that.
0: Oh my goodness. And that is a killer deal. Like that $95 and you can save your butt in, Thousands and thousands of dollars in legal fees, and I can tell you because it's not fun when you pay those bills. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is not. No, no, it's not at all. So that's why I'm ch- I'm hoping that will be able to really help small business owners even more because I get a lot of a lot of phone calls, and at this point, I'm basically charging for the phone calls because they're one-off phone calls, and I have to bring them in and do all the onboarding and all that fun not so fun stuff so i'm hoping this will really streamline things for clients and they will be able to just instead of you know spending a thousand dollars to you know solve this issue or that issue we can get it quickly resolved with a you know maybe a quick email or a phone call and that's all covered under the plan
0: Oh my goodness, that's that's a kick-ass deal. So we will definitely link to that in the show notes so that you can jump on. You're just going to be so flooded with people who, who really need this. Like, I'm, I'm
1: ready, let's because, do
0: it. Because it is just, that that is a kick-ass deal. And I can tell you, because I've worked with lawyers in the past and that is a crazy deal for, for what she is offering. So I'm curious, let's shift gears just a little bit. And how, how how do you think that being a woman has helped you in your career as as an attorney both back when you were doing it at a firm and it you know now.
1: So I feel like honestly just being a woman had because I've always known like oh you got to work so much harder, you got to you know really set yourself apart. So I've really just always tried to kick butt at whatever I do, even so in college, I did ROTC. And I was for most of the program, I was one of two women in the program. And I basically kicked all the guys ass and everything that we did. So good for you. yeah. I, and honestly, that so that's where I met my husband was in ROTC. And they all just they didn't hate me. But they were they all knew that I was not someone to be messed with. And just from all of that, just from being a woman in generally male dominated areas and industries, you know, the army law, all of that is just certainly male dominated. So I've always known, you know, you've got to set yourself apart. So that's really just been my drive of being able to compete with the guys and not necessarily be better than the guys, but being able to compete with them. Mm
0: hmm. Mm -hmm. So what difference should we celebrate that women have from men and how does, how did that difference help set you apart in your field since you mentioned it's setting you apart in a beautiful way?
1: Well, I think that men are starting to get complacent and that's where us women can really take that, their complacency and turn it into energy for us and drive on and keep kicking butt.
0: I'm curious, how do you think that men are becoming complacent? Do you think they're just resting on their laurels of just,
1: really? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I think, well, in my experience, a lot of men are just, I guess they're used to being able to do the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. just g- going through the motions. And as a woman, I see that, and I'm doing everything that I can to not, go through the motions. I'm doing everything I can to really set myself apart. And even with this legal subscription, I've kind of bounced ideas off of different attorneys. And 100% the people who are like, no, this would never work out are the men.
0: Wow. Yeah. Good thing you're not listening to them because I <laughs> for, from an entrepreneur's perspective I can tell you that your subscription program is ridiculously awesome and it's going to be so awesome for you and for every single one of your clients. I actually want information about it because it's like like what you said you don't know what you don't know and it's it's the people who are successful who either have people on their team who know what they don't know. It's like what Henry Ford said there was a great story of Henry Ford and who, you know, had no college education and he had his whole team and somebody said, Oh, you don't know how to do that. He said, no, I pay someone who knows how to do that. (laughs) Basically. So what is one quality that men in your industry can learn from women?
1: Hmm. Let's see. I mean, they all work hard. There's no doubt about that. They didn't, they wouldn't get to where they were if they weren't working hard but i think persistence i think that's really one quality uh, not just pers- i i feel like that's so such a lame such a lame answer though i'm trying to think of something really good yeah okay, we
0: have virtual whiteout <laughs> okay yeah there
1: we go yeah, <laughs> white that out because i feel like persistence is just a lame answer for that so a quality that say, sorry say it again
0: well what is one quality that men in your industry could really learn from women like what's something that we have as women that could be a, a a tool, a practice. It could be an emotional thing. It could be something that they could really st- tap into a little bit more. That, that women just have may- maybe more innately.
1: Well, again, I think it's just the drive—the drive that women have for knowing that we've been "quote unquote" behind, and we just have that drive to not be behind, whether we are behind, whether we were behind or not. We still have that drive to be better than we were in the past, to be better than everybody. Not that, or I'm saying, oh, I'm better than everybody. But I have that drive to want to be the best. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, and it may just be my experience, but in my, I mean, in my experience, I just see that women have that drive a lot more than men.
0: I think, I think, I, I totally agree. Like when I've seen women that I've seen women that didn't have it, but I when I see women because I have that very similar drive within me. It is like, my husband calls me a hurricane. He's like, oh, <laughs> just, just like hurricane is coming through. <laughs> like, Just step back. So who would you say is, is one of your favorite female role models that's really helped light the way for you?
1: Oh, gosh. If any. I know, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's, a, well, I don't, there's not really any attorney role models. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I, it was supposed to be an attorney. Um, Let's see. I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) Female role models. Let's see. I don't know. Cause really what I, I get my drive really just from wanting to better my family and get them to where we aren't right now. And I feel like that just comes from within but as far as role, I, I should totally have an answer. And you know what? I'll probably get on, get off this call and I'll be like, Oh, that's who it was.
0: (laughs) Oh, I've had that so many times. It like, for me, a a lot of my role models from early on were fictional. So
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I do know. Okay. So totally not within my industry, but Amy Porterfield, I have got, I, like I have, like gained so much knowledge from her. I've done a course with her, but her, I think, I feel like she has really revolutionized online entrepreneurs and she has really been able to be that front runner for whether it be stay at home moms or just anybody really wanting to be an online entrepreneur. She has really, really been that front runner and she definitely has that drive. And she, I've, I mean, I've listened to her podcast for probably gosh, I know since 2015 mm-hmm. and she has always been my go-to for inspiration and I get, yeah, she would definitely be my role model.
0: I, I love Amy Porterfield. Yeah. <laughs> Big team Amy, like a lot of my marketing, that's where I learned it from. Yes. It just So learned, so skilled, and she really breaks it down and into really tangible processes that you can just implement. Absolutely, really simple. So I highly recommend her podcast. Uh, (laughs) So let's douse some rapid fire. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: All right. Favorite female character in a movie.
1: In a movie, Mm -hmm. can be TV show. Sure. Okay. So revenge. Um Emily Thorne. Okay. Yeah, oh, I love her. Sorry. Go ahead. that's not Oh, rapid perfect. Fire. Go ahead. If you were
0: queen of a country, what would be your prime focus?
1: Gosh, I don't know. This is supposed to be rapid fire. Um I don't know.
0: Can we come back to that? Yes. What would you consider to be your kingdom?
1: My kingdom is absolutely my my family. My family.
0: Mm. And if your if your palace had a uh, swear jar, how much money would you have to put in it daily?
1: Mm, a couple of dollars, not not a whole lot, mm-hmm. but a decent amount. Yeah. So, what would you want?
0: What woman would you want to trade places with just for a day?
1: Oh, just for a day, Amy Porterfield. <laughs> Yeah. You know, she
0: runs her team. Yes. If you had to have your success at twice the speed, how would you have done it?
1: I wouldn't have worked for a law firm.
0: Awesome. What habits and beliefs have best served you on your path? Top three.
1: Have, having the drive, having, always having the drive, not taking no for an answer, even though my toddler always wants to tell me no. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. So persistence, not taking no for an answer and just always finding a way, which goes with not taking no for an answer, but just always, always finding a way. If I get a no, it's just not right now or find a different way.
0: What message do you want to share with the world?
1: So I I always love the message that everything happens for a reason. I actually have it tattooed on me. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. So that that's really what I love more than anything, because when something happens, I'm just like, gosh, why did that just happen to me? And it's just like, okay, there's a reason for it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love, I know that we're in the middle of rapid fire, but it's my podcast, so I can change up the <laughs> rules. Because <laughs> I love what you said. I just have to circle back about just the resilience of staying, of not taking no for an answer. Because just like what you said in the beginning, when we were talking about trademarks, and when you get a no, it's not It's not a complete. No, it's just like, maybe I just need more information or maybe it's not right now, but that's the same as it is in entrepreneurship and, and you know, as in, in sales, like when you're making a sale, like you get to no. know it's just saying, like, eh, not right now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I think being a parent, I mean, mind you, I just want to <laughs> let everyone know that this woman is a parent. She is on this podcast two months after giving birth to her yeah. second baby. Like
1: yeah. I just
0: when I saw that she want she was like I po- any podcast. I was like, "Yes, come on to mine, please because any woman that has that amount of drive that says, "My child is just this is catapulting me into a whole new level." I was like, this is a kind of woman that you want to work with and that you want to to know and and be around because that is the energy that will propel you forward in so many ways. So lastly, how do you crown yourself?
1: How do I, oh gosh, what, are you, what do you mean? Whatever
0: you want it to mean.
1: Oh gosh, Wait, what are some examples that other people have said?
0: <laughs> oh, they vary. It, it, there's a whole spectrum. Oh gosh. It can range from anything from self-care to how you are a queen of your life to how you rule to how you operate business. It can mean I, I have gotten the range.
1: Okay. How do I crown myself? I, this is going to be something you've never heard before, but I absolutely love crawfish and I reward myself with crawfish quite often. Like if I've had a good day, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go get some crawfish. Like, yeah, we're doing, let's go get some crawfish. Oh yeah. And it's not cheap either. It's expensive. So anytime me and my husband want to go out and get some crawfish, because we eat a lot. So it's probably going to be like 70 to 100 bucks just for the two of us. Oh, my goodness.
0: I I, I have actually <laughs> never heard that answer, but I have been to a crawfish boil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But I just... I personally don't understand crawfish because it seems like a lot of effort for a very little amount. It's
1: the experience. (laughs) The experience. the experience. And I, gosh, I love crawfish. Oh, don't even get me started.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Andrea, where can we find you? How can we work with you? I mean, you mentioned your subscription program. When is that launching so that every single person who is a business owner can jump on that like hotcakes?
1: Yes. So. My website is andreasager.com. You can find me on social media, Andrea Sager Law. And for the subscription right now, there's not, I'm working on the membership platform. That should be launched by August 1st. Mm. I'm trying not to rush that because that's one thing that I always do. I rush things. And I'm just really wanting to take my time, make sure everything is set in stone. And that way Well, you have a baby too. <laughs> and it's not your only one. Right. But it's it's up and running right now. So if you're wanting to take advantage of that and become a subscription member, you just email me, com. We'll get you set up with that. But August one will be when the basically your membership portal will be up with the videos. Everything else is available now. It's just the videos and all of that content there that will be ready then.
0: Amazing, amazing. So you can all jump in on beta, basically yes, and get yes. and get the, the the personal attention before this program is launched. And I just have such a good feeling for you about this program and what it's going to do for small business owners across the country. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show, Andrea. I, I learned a ton. I know every single listener learned a ton as well. And if you aren't yet considering Working with a lawyer, I would highly recommend you just scroll through her beautiful Instagram and you pick up the quick tips that you didn't know that you needed until you know that you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as always, if you love this episode, if you received massive value from this, please, please, please tag us on Instagram at crown yourself now and at Andrea Sager Law. Yes. Yes. And so that we can get your top takeaways. If you have any questions, please share with us and communicate with us there. Thank you so, so much for watching and for listening. This was amazing. (laughs) So, as always, own your throne, mind your business, and make it rain. body, business, and life that rules.